You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Good morning. Christina said this morning that um, Dr. Holler and Pastor Ann are in Mexico, and if you saw any Facebook video, she sent me a text with a picture of it and uh, said, somebody's got to suffer for the Lord, might as well be me. <laughs> if, you've seen the, if you've seen the pictures, you know they're in a, in a fabulous hotel. They're being very well taken care of, and so, um, you know, we just, we bless them because they deserve that. Amen? Amen. And she celebrated her birthday on the 14th, so if you missed that, send her something, like a lot of somethings for backup. Elder Frank, will you come up and, and share what you shared with me this morning? Here you go. Well, I was just sharing. Is that all? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just sharing something that happened in my life. And uh, the Lord speaks to me, particularly in the morning. And it seemed like particularly on Sunday morning. And I was sharing with uh, him that uh, I woke up this morning, I had pain, sharp uh, pain, below my left knee. It come just for a second ago. And Come and go. Exactly at 8:58, I came against that, and I have not had a pain since then. And the Lord began to speak to me about doubt and worthiness. And the Lord says, "There's several of you here feel that you're unworthy, and you feel unworthy because of your doubt." God says, doubt is not of me. Doubt is of the enemy. And God says that I have taken care of your situations, but you cannot doubt. And those of you who think that you're unworthy for God to function in your life, God says, you are worthy through my son, Jesus Christ. And God says, whether it be a relationship, whether it be health, whether it be finances, or whatever, when you bring something to me, God says, it will come to pass. And doubt is not in my vocabulary, says the Lord. And the Lord says, this day, I'm erasing the word doubt from your minds, and I'm putting a positive word of faith into your heads and into your hearts, and I will accomplish in you what I've called you to be and to do, and it will come to pass, says the Lord. Amen. Doubt is not in God's vocabulary. That's the that's what I when he said that this morning, I said, Ooh, that's very good. That is very good. It's very good. Well, Father, I thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you that as we get into the word this morning, God, that you just completely transform this place into a Holy Ghost resting place. Father, I thank you 
that in Jesus' name, the words that are going forth today, God, are going to pierce the minds and hearts of your people, God, that they leave here with greater understanding of what they came in with, Father, whatever they're struggling with. I thank you that they're just releasing right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ann said at the beginning of this year, uh, the vision for this church and for her ministry, uh, as Philippians 3, 13 through 14, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Now is a good a time, just as good a time as any to step up to that challenge. Amen? Amen. Just because we're halfway through the year doesn't mean that we can't remember and still focus on what's happening uh, at the beginning of the year. The, what our what our spiritual head has 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 deemed as our vision for this year. Amen. 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 Whenever he was talking to me this morning, uh, telling me that it reminded me exactly of what God was showing me through this through this sermon through this message. Is because a lot of times we do feel unworthy because of all different kinds of situations, because of our past, or because of of what we're struggling with right now and. In our and and what we're walking in right now, you know, or or what our neighbor said about us, or what what our wife, you know, said about us, or, or you know what I mean. All of these things play a part in in how we feel in our life, and how you know it makes us feel unworthy sometimes. So that just that was a that was a good word, Frank. I appreciate your your obedience in that. Press in, press toward that mark. This morning, I want to move forward in that kind of theme and talk to you about how God can do a new thing in our life. It's okay for God to do a new thing in your life. Anybody needing a new thing? No matter what it is, a new thing, just a new thing. We're going to talk about that this morning. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19 says this. In the New King James Version, it says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together they shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look at this. I love this passage of scripture because it begins with, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Thank my God it doesn't say, thus says Casey. Because this uh, this is reminding you that the Lord, it's the same Lord that makes a way in the sea. The same God that makes a way in the mighty waters. The same God that brought your marriage back together. The same God that brought your children back to the Lord. The same God that made a way for you financially to pay your bills when it was a financially slow month. Thus says the Lord. When he gives words, it worked out perfectly this morning <laughs> because whenever he, Elder Frank has a word, my, one of my very favorite parts, I could, I could hear probably half of it and be blessed by just the end when he says, says God. And he shakes his fist real hard. Says God, that seals it for me. <laughs> Sometimes I have to go back and listen to exactly what God said because I got so enamored by the says God. <laughs> Says God, thus says the Lord, the same one that has brought all things to good for you. The same one. Say the same God. Behold, 
I do a new thing. The prophet Isaiah spoke a path for them to get out of their 70-year captivity. God was calling his people out from the old and into the new. He's calling things that are not already as though they already were, right? So, so he's saying, behold, behold. That word behold means to stand in awe. He nay ni, to stand in awe, behold. And what is amazing to me, to stand in awe. God's saying, watch this, behold, watch this. This other, that, that same word shows up in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 12. And this is, this is God speaking to Noah and it says, behold, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for generations. Behold, God's saying, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch what I'm about to do in your life. Can you imagine that Noah needed some change? And God's saying, behold, Noah, watch this. It hasn't made sense this far. It hasn't made sense up until now, but watch this. Watch this, Noah, stand in awe. Don't listen to what people mocked you for and they laughed at you and they watched you build this ark. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to that. Behold, watch what I'm about to do. You've trusted me up until this point and watch what I'm about to soar you into. Behold, behold, I do a new thing. The prophet is speaking to the children of Israel while they're in captivity, while they've lost everything. Everything is looking grim. They, they, they don't understand because they're trying to get to the blessing that God's promised them. And right now we're in the middle. Some of us are in the middle of our 70-year captivity. <laughs> and I'm telling you, behold, watch what God's about to do. And some of you are looking at me like, I've been beholding. <laughs> I've been beholding on. <laughs> Stay encouraged. Imagine what Noah went through. Imagine it. You're, you look like a, a, a kook to some people because you've been beholding. <laughs> you've been confessing and you've been beholding and you've been, you've, been, you've been standing on the Word of God and it hasn't looked real good for you. But hang on. The very first step to receive a new thing is going back to what Pastor Ann put as our vision. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I'll read it again. Brethren, I do not count myself as to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's always going to be upward. It's always going to be something that God is promoting you to. Forget the things that are behind God said, behold, to Noah, and then he sent the rainbow as a reminder. Jesus is our rainbow. He's our promise. He's saying, behold, to you. Verse 18 said, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Quit looking behind and start looking ahead. In case, in case you needed a little Bible for dummies. 
Don't look behind, look ahead. That's what it says. <laughs> That's why the Apostle Paul said that we have to we have to we have to, to to clarify our focus that's why the apostle paul said this whenever we're walking whenever we're fighting the good fight of faith not to swing aimlessly or not to walk aimlessly right we have to have a focus of where we're headed what we're doing and what we need to do to get there we have to learn that if we're going to move forward we can't drag what's behind us with us move to a new thing in christ we can't move to a new thing if we don't let go of the old things. We can't allow past failures to possess us. The children of Israel had failures. Every time God blessed them, they returned it to Him with not so good things. God gave them a temple, they gave Him idol worship. God gave them truth, they lived a lie. <laughs> God gave them commands and they lived like they were suggestions. God gave them wealth. They abused it. They used it to abuse the poor. God gave them himself, but they rejected. I, what, I doubt that these were the things that they focused on during this time because if you continue to focus on the negative things, then you're going to continue to live in a negative place. Amen. If you continue to focus on the negative things, you continue to stay in a negative place. When you have a word from God, that's the time to press on. That's the time to press on. The word, whenever Frank gives a word or whenever somebody gives a word, or if you receive a word from God yourself, you know, in direction of where you need to go, that's the time to push on while momentum is happening and, and everything is, is working in your favor at that moment. Go ahead and take steps. Start moving at that moment. Don't wait until, until, until everything starts hanging on you again and then you're trying to make it harder than what it is, right? Start moving when everything is positive, when everything is in a good light in your life. Just start moving at that moment. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Behold, watch this. I'm doing a new thing. If you don't have a word today, behold is your word. Stand in awe. Stand in awe. God was not condemning them for their past. They couldn't do anything to change it. God was, hold, was holding out His hand to allow them an opportunity to start over, was allowing them an opportunity to fix it, to make it right, to come in, to be able to get into where He had promised them. Somebody say, start over. One more time, you're quiet. Start over. Good, Kenny, good job, you little trendsetter. Everybody yell it. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 55 7 says let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon the children of Israel had experienced victories they had experienced lots of stuff going on First Passover, they crossed the Red Sea, <laughs> going into the land of Canaan. Right? They had they had tons of stuff to remember. 
We have to think about our past victories. I think I've told you this before, probably, I'm sure, but we have a book, and, and it's difficult to stay consistent with it, but every time, we, every time I think about it, I try to write down everything that, that's happened. But we have a book in our den that anybody in our family can go in and write down something that's, that's ha- that God blessed them with or that happened or, or a prayer that was answered or something. They can write it down in this little book. And what ends up happening is in a time, I picked it up and I didn't get a drink. (laughs) In a time where you're sitting and you feel alone and you feel like nothing's happened in a while and you feel like everything is kind of gloomy and you don't understand where God's taking you and you don't understand the next step. Maybe you've heard the next step, but it doesn't make sense. If you go back to this victory book and you start reading back, you say, whoo, I forgot about that. That's good. I remember that. I remember when God did that. And if you date it, you can go back and say, oh, last year, I remember whenever this happened. I was praying for this and this happened. I didn't get that bonus I was expecting, but my bill still got paid. (laughs) Right? Start looking back and remembering where you came from. Clarify your focus. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He said, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Now it springs up. What's wrong with now? Why can't it happen now? It can happen now. Now it springs up. Just receive that word for yourself. Now it springs up. Perceive Perceive, that word, that word is yaw-daw, to know or to see, to understand, to comprehend, to recognize, to realize, to yaw-daw. Look into your destiny, look into where you're headed, look into where God is taking you and see yaw-daw what you want it to be. Are you awake? Amen. Perceive what you want it to be. Notice what God said. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The children of Israel had a choice. They could view their past and their problems in their present, or they could live and focus on what God had intended for their lives. The way versus the desert, streams versus the wasteland. In order to discover what God wants for us, we have to see ourselves as God sees us. Frank said this morning, a lot of us feel unworthy or we don't feel like we're able to do. But if we begin to walk in the way that God sees us, there will be no failures. If we truly get a revelation and get a realization and perceive ourselves as God sees us, then there's not going to be any failures because there's no way that you can fail if you truly have an understanding of how God sees you. His creation, His everything. They even believed that God would never do anything more with them, but they were wrong. You might feel like your past has made you a wasteland walker. (laughs) 
but you're wrong. God can provide streams for you. The New Creation Life Group that meets here on Thursday nights, this is their motto, Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Through who? Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.21 says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. We don't have to do it. He is presenting us holy and blameless. We're being presented. You can't present a well-done steak if you haven't cooked it yet. You're presenting the final product. You're presenting the final product. Well done. Well done. If you're being presented already as holy and blameless, then that's the way that God sees us. Holy and blameless. You've been presented as the final product, holy and blameless. So we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us, holy and blameless. You're joint heirs with Christ. That's how God sees us. Ephesians 2.10 says that for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He was expecting us. Before the foundations of the world, while you were yet sinners, all of these are before. Carlisle came to my desk at work, and I had just gotten back from lunch, and I had a probably a Coke. I don't. I wish I could say it was water, but it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sure it was a Coke to wash down, or to wash down, let me say with an R, my food. <laughs> and I had it sitting on my desk, and Carlisle ran up, and, you know, he's always, oh, he's our blessing child. He takes more time to raise <laughs> than any of our other ones. <laughs> but, whew, thank you, Lord. But, he, uh, came up to my desk at work and he goes he was like talking to you know 90 miles an hour and I'm like okay okay calm down and he goes is this your drink and I said yeah and he goes okay <laughs> I said well all right <laughs> how was it little guy <laughs> was it was it delicious but he didn't have to ask me because he knew that what I had was his he knew that he knew that if it was mine then it was his because he is my workmanship he's what i'm working on he's we have that bond we have that relationship and he knows that if that's dad's drink i get some of it 
I can have some of that. If this is God's resources, you can have some of that. Your joint heirs with him. He's making a way for you in the desert because he loves you. God is able to transform the desert areas of our lives into blessing and abundance. He's able to, to transform the wasteland into rivers of living water. God can take dried up and useless places and transform them into a purpose and grace. 2 Corinthians three seventeen says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The greatest step to embracing the new thing that God has for our life is to commit yourself to God's plan. Commit yourself to God's purpose for your life. He's kind of tricky. He gives you the desires of your heart, but guess who also puts the desires in there? <laughs> so when you submit yourself to God's purpose and you submit yourself to God's plan, He puts the desires in your heart and then gives you the desires of your heart. You say, I don't know what that looks like for me. What does it look like for me to step into the purpose of God for my life or to step in? What does it look like for me? Maybe you're here and you're like, Casey, I don't know what that was Chinese to me. I have no clue what you just said. Let me break it down. The very first thing to do, if you don't know the plan of God for your life or the purpose, you don't feel like you know that, get connected into the church. Get connected into God's house where the word says that his eyes and his heart is upon. His, his eyes are on it and his heart is in it. Get connected in, a, in the house of God. That will reveal, begin revealing to you what God's purpose and plan is. And if anything else, there's a blessing in it. Just being in the house of God. Mimi, my grandmother, lived next door to us whenever we lived in... Uh, McKinney, before we moved here, and um, she is like a green thumb, like she grows everything, and it's all beautiful, and it's nice, and it's and it smells good, and we lived in an HOA, and so we had to have a certain amount of flowers in our yard, and we had to have, you know, grass had to be green, we had to have one tree, and it was just like, like I don't, it was ridiculous. I don't like being, you know, under that, but it's what we did, so Anyway, so we're trying to have all this stuff done, and with, as busy as we are, like, I mean, we're always going. If you know us in any capacity, we're literally always going. Like, I feel like I'm catching up with people on the fly, like, as I'm moving out or heading in or whatever. But anyway, so I didn't have time to water flowers. Even when I did water them, they died. I don't understand what happened. I don't get it. I, my, all the roses died. The flowers died. Everything was just dead, and I came home from work, and Mimi said, Hey, Casey, is, um, is there a way that, can I have these? And they were crispy. I mean, they were real bad looking. And, um, and I said, go for it. You know, I don't, I'm fixing to throw them away. I had told her that I was going to, you know, just rip them up. And I was literally putting new flowers in like every other week. So I didn't get a, you know, a letter of, of 
notice to leave. But so I'm putting all these flowers and these, these flowers had lasted the longest and I was about to rip them up. And she said, can I have those? And I said, yeah. So she comes and she picks them up and she, she's being very gentle. And I'm like, oh, they're dead. Like they're fixing to crumble as you're walking. The wind's going to blow the leaf off. You know I mean? You're, they're really dead. So she takes them home and I had forgotten about them. I didn't think much about it. I, you know, we went on or whatever. And then a few weeks later, uh, they had a pool in their backyard and the kids wanted to go swimming. And took the kids over there to go swimming at, at Mimi's and uh, there was uh, whenever I walked out on her back porch there was flowers everywhere and they were so pretty they were just blooming and beautiful and they were they were full of life and green and beautiful colors and and I was like I said Mimi dang these look, these look nice what what are these flowers and she said well that I, those are the ones I got out of your flower bed and this one right here I, I broke it in half and put some over here and some over here and then it just filled up these pots and I was like in two weeks? Like in three weeks? What in the world happened? What in the world happened? They were the same flower in the same soil. We were in the same place, but they thrived in one place and died in another. We have the option to thrive or die depending on our atmosphere. Listen to this. Psalm 92, 13 says, For they who are transplanted into the house of the Lord flourish and prosper. Flourish. Transplanted. That means if you're transplanted, you have to come from somewhere to be moved to somewhere else. So what's happening is if we are transplanted, if we remove ourselves from the situation and the environment and the place and the people and the things that we're surrounded by and transplant ourselves into the house of God, get connected, get rooted and grounded, as Christina said this morning, rooted and grounded in love, in the house of God, there's a blessing all by itself in that. Just that alone, your life will flourish. Get planted in the house of God. Get rooted and grounded. Dig in deep. If the toilet needs to be cleaned, grab a brush. <laughs> we had a couple of guys come up here and, and just saw a need and steam cleaned the, the sanctuary. Keith and Vincent and who else? Not Vincent? Yeah. Keith and Gabe? Yeah. You have you see a need and you just get connected. I'm not telling you to, to surrender your entire life and be here every day and <laughs> I'm just saying connect yourself with the house of God. If you already are, fantastic. But if you're not, just find a place to serve. There's always a place to serve in God's house. Always a place to serve. Even if it's straightening up the cushions on the couch in the foyer, when you're walking by and you see it, seize the day. Pastor Eric Holler preached a sermon called Seize the Day when I was in youth. like I was like 13 years old, 14 years old. And Pastor Eric Holler preached a sermon called Seize the Day. And two and part of and one of his little 
just tidbits that he threw in there was, even if you're passing by a piece of trash and just stop and pick it up, seize the day. And I was like, oh yeah. And to this day, I, it's difficult for me to walk by a piece of trash and not pick it up because when I was 13 years old, Pastor Eric told me, seize the day. <laughs> we were at the lake a few weekends ago with the leadership from our uh, our church that we're launching, Generation Faith Center, which is going fantastic. But our leadership, we took them all to the lake just to kind of have some bonding and some growing time together before we launched together. And I was, I just, I was picking up all this trash around the campsite that wasn't ours. And I was picking up all the, going around and picking up. And, and our children's pastor, uh, Richard, was walking with me. And he was like, what are I don't understand what you're doing, but I'll help you. And so he's picking it up. And I was like, I really... I'll just stop. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing either. Pastor Eric told me seize the day whenever I was 13, and that's, this is the result of it. So, And now that's going to happen to you. You can't pass by a cushion on a couch without, without straightening it up. Seize the day. I'm going to plant that in there. When we walk out of this place, those cushions better be straight. I'm telling you. <laughs> Come into the house of God. John 7, 37 says this. In the message version, it says this. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Let him come to me. If you have a need from God, come to him. He is a blessing God and he is a loving God, but he's not standing there waiting to just give it to you without, without, you, st- without you presenting a need, without you activating your faith. He is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. What way? To come to me. To come to me. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. To come to me. God has already set into motion new things for our life. All of it's already been set into motion. We just have to step into it. Here's the thing, because again, it's kind of tricky. When we, when we think of a new thing, Parrish and I are embarking on a new thing. It's very new and it's very, uh, uh, very much a step of faith and God is uh, very much involved. (laughs) He has to be because we have no idea what we're doing if we're being honest. But God is propelling and launching us and pushing us on. And the provision from him has been insanely incredible. But here's the thing about God. When he says a new thing to you, or he reveals a new thing to you, or you feel a new thing coming on, and it begins to get tricky and and weird for you maybe sometimes, and you're like, I don't know what's happening, but we're going to step into it because I believe it's God. Here's the thing. Just because the, the word new is used, and just because it's new to you, it's not new to God. It's not new to God. The deciding factor is us. For he is our God and we are his people of his pasture and the sheep at his hand. 
says Psalms 95, 7 and 8. He will take care of you in this new thing that He's presenting to you or that He's pushing you into or that you are stepping out and into. He will prepare that path for you. He makes a way, the Word said. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says that the Lord Himself goes before you and prepares your path. Not an angel that he sends out. The Lord himself. He thinks that much of you for himself to go before you to prepare what you're about to walk into, what you're about to step into. God himself has gone before you. And if you know that he's gone before you, then you know that it's going to be perfect when you get there. You know that it's going to be set up like an orchestrated setup. When you step on the scene and God's already been there, it's going to be smooth sailing. If you submit that to him and allow him to work as he does. Amen? What is the new thing that you're wanting to step into today? What is it that God's wanting to push you into? What is it that you need to forget? What is it that you need to walk away from? What is it that you have struggled with long enough? What is that? God can do a new thing for you today. God can do a new thing. We have to stay focused. Stay focused and God will do that new thing for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. This morning, with nobody looking around, this morning it's just going to be me. I just want to talk to you for a second. If you're here this morning and you say, Casey, I know that I'm ready for a new thing, or I know that, I know that I've been just prolonging and procrastinating, and I don't know what's wrong with me, but today I just want to surrender that. I, don't, I want a new thing in my life. I'm committed to walk away from the old and into the new, and I'm committed to forget the things that are behind and reach forward. I'm committed, but I want a new thing in my life. No matter what that new thing is in your life, raise your hand. Nobody's looking at you. There's new things all over the room. New things all over the room. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that today a new thing is breaking through. Your people that are here today, God, I thank you that a new thing is breaking through. The ones that have their hands raised and the ones that do not. I thank you that a new thing is breaking through, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you that we, we, we have the authority to stand against any attack from the enemy. Father, and we command it to be ceased now in Jesus' name. No attack will prosper against your people. And I thank you, Father, that no distraction will distract, no hindrance will hinder. In the name of Jesus, everyone under the sound of my voice right now will begin to walk in a new thing that they're desiring. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for your peace in this room. God, I thank you, Lord, that what you want to do is being done right now. Father, as we just rest in your presence and your love, Father, I thank you that things are shifting and things are changing and things are being put into alignment, God, and we're in expectation of testimonies of this. Right now, Father, right now, right now in Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Anxiety has to flee now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that depression is completely defeated. If you're struggling with anxiety this morning, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. If you do, raise your hand. If not, I'm still going to pray for you because that's, God, that's something that God wants to deal with today. There's anxiety being removed right now. You don't have to feel that way. You don't have to feel that pressure. You don't have to feel the way that you're feeling right now. Anxiety is completely defeated by the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that right now anxiety has to go. Has to go. Has to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace and you live inside of us. So we are the dwelling place of peace. And I command every situation to adhere to that in Jesus' name. No more anxiety, no more depression, no more pain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have that opportunity today. Again, nobody's looking around. I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have the opportunity to do that today. The Word of God says that... If we believe the simple truth that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, according to the scripture, that truth is what secures our eternity in heaven. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to do that today. Amen. We're all family. <laughs> Well, stand on your feet. Are you glad you came this morning? Amen. Dr. Holler and Pastor Ann send, send their love. They love you so much. Keep up with them on Facebook because they're having a grand time. All right. Thank you, Lord. Well, we love you guys so much, Parrish and I, and we're excited to be here with you next week, but it is our last week, so be praying for us which I know that you already have. And uh, so, anyway, we love you very much. Uh, we're going to go out with a shout. We've already prayed over everything and figured everything out. But we're going to go out with a shout today. Father, I thank you that you're blessing your people and they're going out just like you blessed them and are coming in. Thank you, Father, that you've caused us to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first, not last, the victor, no longer the victim. Thank you, precious Father, that you've caused the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees of the field, yay! As your people go forth, armed and dangerous with the word of God, and everybody said... Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. <laughs>